0: Can you believe it? You're listening to episode 100 of the Own Your Business podcast. It's pretty sick and cool. If you've listened to most of them, you know I usually share insights and takeaways to apply to your business in sales pricing and copywriting. I've done also some great interviews with the best in the business over the past couple of years. So in today's episode, I asked Katie to sit down with me to chat a little bit about what I've learned creating all this content and interviewing all these amazing people. We're going to dive into how the purpose of the podcast has changed and not changed over time. What I've learned talking with industry icons and common characteristics I've seen in the most successful pros out there. Tune in, enjoy the show. We're celebrating 100 episodes. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Katie, today is a big episode. It's episode 100.
1: I know. I can't believe that you allowed me to be on for this episode. I feel so honored.
0: Of course I'd have you here with me. You're my business partner and my muse.
1: I have to be honest, I'm like your biggest cheerleader too. So I'm like super excited to be here celebrating with you. This is so cool.
0: I've never asked you this before. Do you secretly listen to the podcast episodes that you are not on and don't tell me anything about it?
1: I listen to all your podcasts. You do? Yeah, yeah.
0: You're my biggest fan.
1: I I am your biggest fan. I should start your fan club.
0: Oh, that'd be great.
1: It's called Sell Weddings Like a Pro.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, you're not the only one who's listening. We've got quite a few who have tuned in over the last 100 episodes. And it's been pretty cool to see the kind of impact that we've made on people's businesses and on their lives. It has been something that uh, fills my cup every week, knowing that there are hundreds of people that are getting the kind of tools and and insights and direction that they need for their business to be successful. So I'm pretty pumped today to celebrate the impact that we've had on people. And I wanna go through and spend a little bit of time talking about where we've been and, and even a little bit about where we wanna go with the podcast.
1: Well, before we do, I want to say, first of all, thank God for our listeners. I'm so glad and grateful for them. And thank God for Clubhouse. Can we just give a shout out to Clubhouse? Because I feel like if Clubhouse had not existed, we would probably, you would never have started this podcast.
0: You know, it's interesting about Clubhouse. I remember going back to like the genesis of the podcast, I had been told. By Kimberly Rhodes and Annie Roach on the This Week in Weddings podcast, when that was up and running and active, that I should do a podcast. So, like you have an amazing voice for doing a podcast. And I thought, oh yeah, okay, that's great. You know, thank you. I you know, I have a baritone. I get it from my dad. My brother has one as well. So I heard that from a bunch of people. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's great. That's about my voice, my voice, my voice. And what I realized though over the course of years is that it was less about the voice and it was more about the content and the information. And what I heard people saying really at this point to almost three years ago now was that they wanted to get more information on a regular basis. And so I thought, okay, I could do a podcast, not just because I have a good voice, but because I can share information. I'd been doing a newsletter for years, since the very beginning of ID Action Consulting, but I had not done the podcast because I felt like I was getting so much engagement with the newsletter. We had, you know, thousands of people that were getting the newsletter. And what I realized is that over the last several years, people have started consuming information in different ways. And mm-hmm. so podcasts are a great opportunity for us to use a platform to share a lot of the same great content, but in a different way. And for me, it's been fun because I get a, do it not just in a different way with the medium, but in how I present the information. I really like the storytelling component that I get to do with the podcast. And I, I like sharing a little bit about our personal life and, and what it's like to be a business owner as well. Uh, and, and that's been really fun. Something that the newsletters uh, usually don't see from us.
1: I know. I think the podcast shows the softer side of Sam Jacobson.
0: Oh, (laughs) maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I I would agree with that. I'm a bit like a bear, maybe not a teddy bear, but a bear. Actually, I've always felt akin to a wolf in that, you know, I may not be the most approachable, but I'm a provider and I'm a protector. Totally. That is what I do. And I feel like, you know, you, Katie, and our family, but also our team and our clients and our audience is my pack. And I get a chance to provide information to you all who are listening to the podcast so that you can do what you need to do to be successful to provide for your pack, your family, and the ones that you care about. That's what gives me purpose. It always has. I'm sure it always will. That's what makes me want to keep doing this for another 100 or 500 episodes.
1: I mean, we dove straight in. We already got really serious. But let's kind of go back to the beginning. I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun for people to understand why did you start this podcast? Why did you decide finally that that you are going to create something like this?
0: Well, you know, we would found that success with the newsletter and, you know, we had thousands of people opening up at really high open rates. So I knew that the content was interesting to people. It wasn't there just getting the newsletter and then they were, you know, throwing it away or, or junking it into spam. And so I could tell that the information was important. And so I, w- I wanted to do that in a different way on the podcast, but still keep the content the same. In many areas, sales, pricing, copywriting would be the focus because that's always been our niche. And as you know, and Katie, and as some of the listeners you might know, I actually have more experience in a lot of other areas of owning a business than sales and pricing and copywriting. I'm expert at these three areas, but really what I've spent most of my time doing is leading teams. I worked in restaurants for a dozen years, half of that as a manager. I was a lodging director for a resort here in Washington and managed upwards of 50 people on my team during the peak times of the year. And I was a director of operations for one of the biggest floral design and decor companies in in the South. And so that's always something that I have been drawn to and have a lot of experience in. And so I thought over the course of, of time... You know that was something that I could feed into it, and so I've I've been interested in providing the sales pricing and copywriting information, but also adding in and peppering some some more content in, and and it's interesting to see that that's really some of the direction that we we've taken with the the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been great to see kind of how it's morphed a little bit in that way, and and how the topics have shifted. The format has also I feel like shifted over time. You know, originally it was you sort of speaking Clubhouse style to the audience. And then it was a little bit of you talking with me, but but that's changed. How has that changed?
0: So you're right. When I look back at creating those first episodes for Own Your Business, it was how could I continue to build on what people found so helpful during the pandemic when I was on Clubhouse? I had four or 500 people in the room day in and day out, and I could talk extemporaneously about whatever needed to come up for a couple of hours. It was ridiculous. Looking back a- and having to record something for an actual podcast, I'm like, how did I do that? Um, do you
1: remember when you wanted to go on a clubhouse bender? Yes. By the way, I think you secretly still want to do that.
0: I do. I wish the app was still around. And <laughs> the people had time to devote to it. But, uh, but but I go on recording binges now with the podcast and do matches, do right? Right, uh, true. But I go through and I think about what you know what worked with Clubhouse, and that's what I really started with. Was people were willing to listen to me talk about sales, pricing, copywriting for a long period of time, and so I thought, okay, I'll do the same thing. And then I thought, wow, you know, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's bring Katie in because one, you've got a ton of useful perspective and information to share, uh, but also I think that it's fun to hear two people chatting back and forth, and and like you said, it does soften me up because I am pretty much straight to business, Sam. So it's nice to have that. But what I did find is that I really wanted to add in a few different types of episodes over the course of the months that we've been doing this. And I added three different types of episodes. One is having a topic expert come in and talk about something that we don't have as much expertise in as the audience needs. You know, we, we like to stay in our own lane. We believe that we do what we do very well. And, and we double down, triple down on what it is that we do, but we also are smart enough to recognize that we can't do that with everything. And so, you know, when it comes to something like SEO, we bring in Sarah Dunn, or if we want to talk about finances, we bring in Kaylin Magnuson. It's important to make sure that we're providing information on how you can own your business in more ways than just sales pricing and copywriting. And to do that, we needed to bring in outside experts. Mm -hmm. The second type of episode that we added in was something that I did last fall And this is kind of a passion project for me, which is to get to know industry icons a little bit better and look at how they got to where they are because it doesn't happen overnight and the most successful people have often been around for 10, 15, even 20 years doing what they're doing and I know that it's rocky to start sometimes and the stories that got them there are very interesting and I wanted to know what those stories were and I also wanted to start to understand some of the patterns. That I have been able to pick up on these successful people sharing. what what characteristics do they have in common? what what stories are similar? And so that was that was fascinating and and it's something that I continue to to incorporate into the the episode list. And then the last type is something that we've added just recently. And that's a client case study. Hmm. And you know, we had done a couple of them here and there. but I, I wanted to bring more of that in and I'm trying to do it once a month or once every five weeks or so because, I think that people want to hear not just information, but transformation. That's something that comes best from people who are in the weeds, in the midst of it right now. And so bringing in our clients who I know their stories and how they got here, I think is a really great opportunity for everybody who listens to the podcast to see themselves in somebody that they can look up to. Maybe not an an icon in the industry, but certainly somebody who's a step ahead of where they are that they can learn lessons from without feeling like it's out of reach.
1: Yeah, those have been some of my favorite podcasts are the ones with the industry icons and the case studies. I just think hearing from other business owners makes you feel like you're not alone, especially because as uh, entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, we're often there's a lot of weight on our shoulders, a lot of pressure. And just kind of knowing that you share that with others, I think is really helpful. Um, I'm curious, what have you learned in those interviews with other people with the outside perspective? What have, what have you learned?
0: I think the thing that I've learned, or at least has been confirmed, is that owning a business is really hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's hard work. I remember when I worked at the resort in Washington, my boss used to say when he started to see physical responses to the amount of stress that the team leadership was under, that was always an indicator that things needed to be pulled back a little bit. It's hard to lead a team. It's hard to be the one in charge. It takes its toll. It's so stressful that it can create a physical response and not in a good way often. And so I've always been aware of that and, and try to monitor that with the team that I've led. I just look at all of the people who are listening to the podcast and who are clients of ours and our own team members to see how hard can they go before things get too hard. And what I see time and time again is that it, this is stressful stuff that we do. You know, it may seem frivolous that we work in the wedding industry. A lot of people are like, huh, weddings. But you go through and you look at what it's like to be in the most stressful positions. And oftentimes, some very close to home occupations are near the top of the list. Event planner uh, is almost always up there right alongside firefighter. Uh, But also entrepreneur is typically in the top 10. I think that's just something that we all have to keep in mind that we leave our nine to fives or we go into starting our own business, but I don't know if we're aware all the time of how hard it really is. I thought that I knew how hard it was when I left my job as a director of operations. I was essentially the general manager of a company and you know we were in two different cities, did events all over the world, lots of pressure, tons of money on the line, dozens and dozens of full-time salaried employees to manage and supervise. and and, and Then I started my own little business and I realized, wow, this is just as hard, but just in different ways. And I keep hearing those stories over and over and over again from the people that I talk to that uh, it's not easy. Even those who were at the top, it didn't just fall in their lap. They had to work hard for it. So much to learn out there. Not just about owning your business, but about what it means to to have a business and balance it with your life. That's also something that I picked up.
1: I'm curious what you've learned about what motivates our clients and and others in the industry? What have you learned from those interviews about that?
0: You know, I mentioned that before. I'm glad you brought it up because that's something that, as you know, is near and dear to my heart. I've always been interested in psychology. Both my parents were therapists. It's something that right after being the next Larry Bird, uh, I wanted to do when I was in in high school, it was be a, be a therapist. So, Understanding the human psychology and the human condition, and how people make decisions, that's always been fascinating to me. And as I've gotten older, I've I've read in my spare time really exciting, exhilarating books on behavioral science and biopsychology and things like that. And and recently, I've I've enrolled formally in in applied behavioral economics programs and uh, done what I can to dive into how that impacts marketing and sales. One of the things that's been really interesting over the last 100 episodes is learning from and hearing from other business owners what it is that motivates them from the ownership side. And it was something that I had never really thought about. You know, we have buyer types, we have selling styles. Maybe one day I'll do owner styles or owner types, I don't know. (laughs) But what I can tell you that I've learned between the podcast guests and also one-on-one work with clients and just talking with colleagues is that most business owners are not driven by money. Money is a vehicle, is a tool to get what they really want. They're driven by autonomy and recognition. Freedom and independence to do what they want to do when they want to do it, for whatever reason they want to do it, whenever and wherever they want to do it, with whomever they want to do it. That is really important, that, that autonomy and independence to, to own the business. And then the other part is recognition. You know, they want to be recognized, recognized by their clients, recognized by their peers, recognized by blogs and and publications, being on award lists, whatever it is. I think most people, I know I'm I'm not immune to recognition. I, I love the kudos and the attaboys and the thank yous. It's fun to be recognized. I think we're in a service industry, and I think that people who are serving others are interested in, in being appreciated for it and recognized for it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I know that this question was asked of you, but just thinking about it as, as you were talking, I think one of the things that I have enjoyed from the, the interviews with others, so many people look at somebody in the industry and think like, wow, they're an overnight success. And I think the interviews sort of reminded me that no, in fact, they're not. They're putting on a ton of work before they ever got on your radar. And I think as business owners, we often compare ourselves to somebody who is in mile 26 of a 26.2 mile race. So I just think hearing their stories, hearing how that journey took place, how they trained for that marathon, I think it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is. It's always fun to hear the stories. And it is confirmation that even the best take years to make it happen. Years and years and years. I mean, I have clients that I've been working with for four or five years and it just happened the day on a one-on-one session with a new client that we picked up for website copywriting and I'm um, doing some consulting and we're doing a sales proposal for them. And we were just kind of having our first of three sessions and she compared where she's at with who she wanted to emulate her model. And it turned out it was a client of ours. I didn't say that it was a client. But it was interesting to see that she came out of nowhere and all of a sudden she was in this place at the top of my market and I don't know if, if I'm lucky enough or if I know the right people to make that happen for me. But what I know is that that person didn't just have that happen overnight and it's not just because they knew the right people, they worked their tail off to be able to make that happen. They put the time in, they put the, the effort and the energy in and they did the activities that they needed to do when nobody else was looking and when it was hardest and most stressful. And they gave it what they needed to at that point. And yeah, it takes a little bit of luck and knowing some of the right people and some natural ability, but sometimes just rolling up your sleeves and doing the work and putting the grind in and doing it day in and day out for month after month and year after year is what it takes to get to where you might want to be. And that's, um, that's oftentimes what separates people.
1: Well, I want to go through something a little fun and kind of talk about some of your favorite episodes, but before we do, is there anything else that really stood out to you from an interview that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah. One of the things that I want to just kind of put out there, and this has really been something I've focused on over the last maybe year and a half, maybe 15 months, and that is that the people that we look up to in business or you know as experts in our field oftentimes have a different version of success than we do. And that version of success oftentimes is driven by a motivation uh, formed around achievement. That, That is what they are motivated by, achievement. That's something I personally am motivated by achievement, but most, many, a lot are not. And so we look up to these people as role models and we see what they do and what, what success they've reached. And we think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to emulate that. I'm going to mimic that. And, and we see it on social media or we see it on a stage at a conference or a workshop or in a course or a program that we sign up for. And so we think that we have to do the same things they do to achieve the same result. But we forget that we don't want to go to the same destination. We don't want to cross the same finish line. We don't even want to run in the same race as them. Sometimes it's not achievement, it's autonomy or recognition or you know, maybe a sense of belonging or community or it could be risk reduction that we're looking for. There, there's a number of different things that drive and motivate people and, and oftentimes it's not achievement. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out what you have to do for success, just recognize that one of my biggest takeaways over the last 100 episodes has been that everybody has a different version of success and you need to find your own. It may be different than what you see others doing, but hold strong on that and figure out your path to where you want to go, because that's the only one that matters.
1: I have a little preview. You gave me a list of 10 of your top 10 episodes. Are they in any particular order? Numerical. No, I mean, are they like, like you're like number 10, number nine? No, no.
0: No? Okay. Okay. No. Nope. Yeah,
1: do, do, like so. Um, why don't we just kind of go back and forth? We'll read through them. Do you want to start with your with the first of ten?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm and I'm going in order from you know the lowest number to the highest number. So furthest back, uh, you know one that one that I that I really like is episode twelve, how to talk about budget with clients. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I use my podcast as a resource to send out to people who email me or clients who I work with, or copywriting clients that our team works with, you know, we have this as a database of information. And I think that talking about budget with clients is something that is probably in the top three linked episodes that I have shared with people that I work with or that our team works with. It's really quick listen. It gives you word tracks and a, a, a step-by-step on how you can Bring in a discussion of budget with a potential client on a discovery call, uh, what to do if they're under budget and what to do if they're within budget to keep the foot on the gas for the deal to move forward.
1: That's a good one. I don't like to talk about money, but it's a good one to listen to for sure. Okay. um, Episode number 31 was your another one on the list, um, which is about what motivates your ideal client Um, which is something you love to talk about. Uh, It's something you love to study. It's something you love to read about. So I am not surprised that it made the top 10.
0: Yeah, next one is episode number 36, which is don't make it hard to buy. And I use these exact words because I wanted to take the focus off of how to be a better salesperson. Instead, how to make it easier for somebody to buy your services. I was just doing a masterclass today for a workshop online. And... What I was telling the participants was that I can't teach you to be a better salesperson to the level that you need to be at in 45 minutes or 60 minutes. Just like I can't do that on a podcast episode. But what I can do is I can help you remove the biggest obstacles that you are putting up to make it difficult for people to say yes to your services. And you always have to start with that. It doesn't matter if you can do 10 things amazing. If you do one thing that's really awful, that completely screws things up, then there's no hope for you to reach your goals with any consistency. So things that make it hard to buy, got to take those out of the way. And this episode lists them out pretty clearly.
1: All right. Episode number 54, selling to different buyer types. Again, another topic you love to talk about. And uh, if you haven't had a listen to that one, definitely go check it out.
0: Yeah. I had to pick one about buyer types. There are many of them. I think I've done six of them all together. Plus we have some on how to do design or copy for different buyer types, but this is a great introductory episode to the buyer type. So great place to start episode 54. I tend to do a lot of episodes on mistakes or misconceptions. And I do that on, on purpose because I think it allows people to go, oh no, I'm doing that. I need to make changes because I just found out why it's not helping me get where I want to go. And that moves people further along in your awareness journey to be able to actually find a solution that's going to fix the problem, which is one of the reasons why I do it. And so this one that I like is episode 56, Discovery Call Mistakes. Discovery calls, I will tell you right now, are the single most important and the single most difficult thing to do well as a salesperson. I'll let you in a little bit behind our business curtain. Katie cannot stand and will not allow me to be in the room when she conducts a discovery
1: call. Oh, you're not obviously you're not seeing this, but my eyes just got really big. Like, what is he going to share?
0: <laughs> but you remember when you kicked me out of the room and you're like, "No, I do not want you. Oh, we must leave."
1: I think that goes back to my days working in a hotel. They used to like ghost shop us, and we would be in a room full of people listening to you know being um, on a discovery call. And so that was always intimidating and then knowing you're being shopped. So yes, I cannot stand being being listened to. In fact, I put my AirPods in when I'm on a sales call and I kick Sam out of the room and I, I have glass doors on my office. I shut the glass doors, I pull down the blinds. So leave me alone. <laughs> Let me focus. <laughs>
0: That's because even after what? You've been doing you've been doing sales
1: longer you know, than you.
0: Oh, three times longer than me. Well, twice as long as me now.
1: Oh, it's like, easy, easy, easy. I'm not bad at it.
0: But you've been doing sales for 25 years, and I mean, you're still making improvements every day, right? Every call, you're trying to work on something to get better.
1: I fine-tune every single, I calibrate, I guess I should say, after every call, for sure.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't listened to Discovery Call Mistakes, it's a great one to go into. We have several different podcast episodes that talk about Discovery Calls, but this is a good one to start with. Again, don't make it hard to buy. Eliminate as many obstacles as you can. Discovery Calls are usually filled with them.
1: This next one, I absolutely loved listening to. Episode 57, Selling Luxury with Katie Mary. First of all, I, I have so much respect for her as a business owner. I think she's incredibly sharp and bright and brings so much good information to the industry. I also really enjoyed hearing her open up and share some of her personal stories from her childhood, from early on in business. It was so much fun to listen to. And Um, I think a lot of people took a lot away from that particular podcast.
0: Yeah, I I totally remember we we, it came out when you and I were in Ireland. And I remember very specifically, we were driving from Dublin after a long rainy day. And we had a couple hours and I was like, let's listen to the podcast with KT. I hadn't listened to it. I, I literally never listened to the podcast after I record it. But I listened to this one and I was like, that was really interesting. And I kept picking up new things. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and, and give it a listen. Episode 57, Selling Luxury with KT Mary. Next one is uh, another one of my favorites because I- I've known Chris for so long and uh, he was a client for many years. Uh, and that is episode 63, The Power of Yes with Chris Jesperson. This was such an easy title for me to give to the episode. And, uh, the, you know, the, the call, the conversation that we had was, So fascinating for me because, you know, I've been in and out of Chris's life over the last six years now. And he and I first met in Nizuk in Mexico at an Engage in 2017. And I remember we were waiting for the gala doors to open and I was just there waiting along with everybody else, cocktail in hand. And I struck up a conversation and I ended up offering some piece of advice to Chris. I won't say what it was. You may have to listen to the episode to find out, but he took it to heart. And for him, it was a sliding doors moment. And he ended up taking his career in a complete different trajectory than it had been going. And it was a good reminder for me about the power of words and what you say to somebody they are going to take into account and may act on it. So always be careful what kind of advice you defense, (laughs) even even with a cocktail in hand, standing in a hallway waiting for a door to open. Um, But it was fascinating to hear how he took risks and how he said yes to the opportunities and... He adapted and rolled with it and and was jubilant when success has happened and resilient when they didn't. It just the, the energy that he brings to a conversation, it's intoxicating. I think if you listen to it and you're looking for a little pick me up, you might find some inspiration from it. So check out episode sixty-three with Chris Jesperson.
1: Well, as apropos that I I do the next one, because I think I was on this one. You <laughs> were. <laughs> episode 73, Seven Big Website Mistakes. So we have talked a little bit about a couple of topics that you love. And obviously, this one is one that I love. Um, I could talk about websites and copywriting all day long. This particular episode, I think we gave some really good nuggets of kind of what not to do. And so you could kind of read between the lines and figure out what you should do instead. And I personally have talked to several people about this particular episode and, and how much they got out of it. So, yeah, that's a great one.
0: Yeah, you know, you're always accusing me of giving too much good stuff out for free. Uh, here you are in the middle of it with me, giving it all away, babe.
1: I can't help it. You're right. It's it's like hard not to do. I just wanted want to be helpful. So
0: I know. Both of us do. Both of us do. All right, let's do uh, another one of my favorite episodes here. That was episode 84. You and I did this one together, Why Your Why Matters. Uh, This one was an interesting one because it was not necessarily so much about how our clients can apply tactics to their business, but instead it was storytelling and insight into a model that you could look at and go, okay, I can figure out what I'm going to do with my own business based off of this storytelling. And that was really about our why and why we do what we do. And Katie, you interviewed me for this one. I think I got a little choked up at the end. As I always do when I talk about the kind of uh, impact and, and support we can provide for our clients, it means so much to me. Uh, this was just a great episode. It's one of those things when, when you do something for a while and you want to make sure that you're on the right track, you can go through and ask yourself why the why matters. This was an episode for me personally that I love because I got done with it and I was like, let's go do it again it's not always easy. It can be stressful. Uh, You know, it's not simple for us or easy for us or less stressful for us owning our business than it is for you, dear listener. We have our struggles too. And, you know, episodes like this remind me how important it is that we continue to bring it every single day. And that's what I liked about this one. And it's one that even just looking back on it keeps me motivated and loving what I'm doing and putting in those extra hours when I may feel a little bit tired or or burned out from all the work that I'm doing.
1: And last but not least, we have a more recent episode, episode 92, uh, which was one of the client case studies. It was a case study with Roman Zandi, incredible DJ. Where's he out of? I don't even know. Oh, DC. That's right. I didn't know that. I did that. Sorry, Roman. Speaking of infectious energy, Roman has a ton of it. He's just a really good dude. He's brilliant, motivated, kind. He's kind of all the things. He's definitely somebody that people should look up to. And I think they should check out the episode because it's just super entertaining and, and eye-opening.
0: Yeah, it, it, he's all those things. And, it, you know, we got we to gotta connect face-to-face for the first time after working together for five years uh, when we were in St. Lucia at the shift retreat. And first of all, he's taller than I imagined. Which I say all the time. Like when we met our team for the first time in person rather than like on Zoom where everybody's the same height. I was like, everybody's so tall. But Roman was taller than I imagined. But he was was even more fun and energetic. And he just had this really cool vibe. I love this episode specifically because Roman is one of those guys who's like, he saw success early with the coaching work that we did together. And he talks about this on the podcast episode. But he's just like, Sam, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it he's done pretty much everything that we can provide as a service to a client. He's, he's like, yep, sounds good. He's found success. He's like, great, what do I do next? And I love it. And I think you will too, because you can see what happens when you put it all together. I hear from a lot of people and Katie, I don't know if you've heard this. They're like, oh yeah, I heard you on the podcast episode and you said this. And I kind of like mix that in with what I currently do, or I heard you and And I started doing that like a few years ago and then I went to this workshop and I kind of did this and I took this person's masterclass and I kind of added that in. Like cafeteria style. Cafeteria style. Yeah. It's like um, just kind of mixing and matching. And I I mean, I think that that can be successful, but knowing when somebody creates a recipe that has a list of ingredients, it's best to follow the recipe, especially in the order that you do things. It's just going to turn out better, more consistently and yield better results uh, time and time again. And so what I love about Roman is that he's like, I follow the recipe. I don't vary from it. And he's learned and he shares when he does vary from it. He ends up kind of going astray a little bit. And he's like, I've got to get back to the recipe. Follow it step by step. I think it's just a good opportunity for people to recognize that, yeah, you could do it cafeteria style and you can put it all together on your own. But we've got a pretty solid recipe. And Roman's a great example of what happens when you follow it. So I I hope you take a listen and get some inspiration on what you might be able to do next.
1: So what's next? What's in store for this podcast in the next 100 episodes?
0: Well, I don't really plan on changing too much. I feel like we've got some pretty good ideas of what it is that people are interested in. You know, I pay attention to the engagement for how many listens we get on certain types of podcasts, not just the format, but also the content. I'll look at you know how long we retain people through the conversation. And we have some really high retention rates and download rates for what we do. And so I feel like we're doing a lot of the right stuff. And we have a pretty good core group of people who tune in. So that's, that's really important for me to keep the content the same. I will say that I, I do want to get more guests on, more outside perspectives and voices, more stories to tell, more transformations to hear about. That to me is important. I think that there can be more of that. So definitely pay attention for those types of episodes in the future.
1: Well, outside of a martini, what are you doing to celebrate your 100-episode success?
0: You know, I don't know. My sister's coming over. We're going to hang out. And I think we're having some Aperols instead of martinis. That's going to be fun. Uh, but I, I think really what I'd love to do is just kind of put this back on on you, the listener and show gratitude and appreciation for what you've done to improve your businesses and to pay attention to the things that matter most to grow your business. That's something that I think that you can celebrate with me. And that would be the, the biggest celebration of all.
1: That's sweet, babe.
0: Well, before we sign off on this fabulous number 100 episode, I would love to ask a favor. I don't do that very often. Um, But I want to hear because you've tuned in, you've listened, you found some measure of success that's helped your business, and I'd love to see if you can spread the word with us. I get on every week and record a podcast episode in the hopes of impacting the most people. This is why I do this, because it is my mission to make business easier for you to operate. But I also want to make it easier for your colleagues. And so if you can do me a couple of favors... To help spread the word, number one, take three minutes, maybe two and a half if you don't want to write a bunch, but head to Apple or Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to this podcast on and leave a review. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners every week, but over the last hundred episodes, we've only received 31 reviews. All of them are five stars, so thank you if you left a review.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that, and we would love to see more because we know that there are a lot of pros out there that have a lot of options to spend their time getting information from educators like us and we want to make sure that we're impacting the people that you care about the most so leave a review and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and I'm going to put a number on it let's do a weird number like 6 share it with 6 people just go through and hit the share button on gen on whatever platform you're on leave that review and then share the podcast this episode or your favorite one with six of your friends or colleagues who are in the industry that you wanna see achieve more success. You want to have more free time hanging out on the beach, drinking drinks with umbrellas in them because you've made so much money and you can now take more vacations with your friends and family. Pick out who those six people are and ask them if they're looking for some advice and recommendations on how they can grow their business and feel more confident with owning their business.